Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti sitting down today with Joe Ciano to talk about his new graphic novel published by Dark Horse Comics called Children of the Woods. Thanks for joining me today, Joe. Oh, please. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I read the, co- the caught up on reading the book a couple days ago. Um, there's a lot to unpack for me. It encompasses so many things. It's like simultaneously a horror story that features strong plot elements focused on revenge from the vantage point of like all these different characters. But there's also these complications of family, the rejections associated with growing up. For those of those who haven't heard about the project yet, tell us a little bit about it before I give it all away. No, oh, no problem. All right. So we are a, um, a original graphic novel, uh, six chapter format uh, from myself, uh, Josh Hickson. Um, Hassan is on letters and uh, Roman Stevenson uh, does the coloring. Um, and we are kind of like a classic tale of revenge uh, where a bullied boy named Quinn wants to uh, basically take revenge uh, but he winds up dragging him and his high school crush down this rabbit hole of secrets and dark magic that is the Black Woods. Um, and together they both kind of find out that the town and the woods around them are so much larger than they kind of really ever knew. Well, topography can always be this this dynamic atmosphere element. And the woods themselves are, are a character in, in this yes. book. You grew up in Long Island, which I don't typically associate with like this brooding forest atmosphere. So what was the genesis of using the Black Woods as your kind of pivot element in the story? I have watched so there was actually always kind of like a park by my house that like, especially um, I was on the track and cross country team a little bit in high school. Um, and instead of just, you know, doing laps around the track, they'd send us off um, into the woods nearby. Uh, we'd kind of run these trails and I kind of always had a uh, real appreciation uh, for that iconography of just moving through and you're never quite sure what's around like the next turn. And they seem to just stretch on forever and ever and ever. And they're a place that you can kind of get lost in. 
and I always thought that's such a great metaphor uh, for horror of um, just kind of venturing, uh, never knowing quite what you're going to find and never quite knowing if you're ever going to truly find your way out. So the woods were always an like, image that I wanted to lean on a little heavily for, uh, for the book. So what was the root idea? Did you start wanting to tell this tale of revenge and then the horror elements came in as you developed it? You know, I want a window into your world building. Um, so the project actually went through like three different iterations before it eventually became kind of what it was. I think originally it was almost more of a Twin Peaksy. Okay. Uh, type setting with an older character, uh, and then I, I kind of that wasn't really what I wanted. Um, but I like the notion of going to the woods and finding the power to change your life, uh, both for the better and for the worst. Um, and that kind of is a, basically kind of what drove me and a lot of the ideas of the project going forward. Um, I've always enjoyed high school, dumb high school drama. Um, I'm a big Riverdale fan. Uh, okay big fan of the OC gossip girl. Um, so it was fun to like use that kind of setting, but put your own spin on it and make it feel new in a way that maybe somebody else hasn't done just yet. Um, and I think, you know, just what what's scarier than trying to find yourself at like the high school age and trying to come to terms with the world around you. Um, and, you know, like who your parents are, who your parents were, um and just discovering that like yeah you know there's just so much more than you could have ever really truly known and you know i think that's something that a lot of people you know shelter in high school eventually grow up and you know grow into the world sure tapping into that universal vulnerability that we all have um well are there other fandom references that you have growing up I mean, you mentioned riverdale you know i can see some echoes in there of like pumpkin head certainly Stephen King's Firestarter, but I'm old and you're not. So. <laughs> I, I, you look that old. You're actually <laughs> 47. Good for you, man. That would not have guessed that. I would have guessed like, like late thirties. So, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, I actually a really big inspiration was, I don't know if you've ever uh, read these, but the adventure into fear man thing comics. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge kind of like, in the very least, like, gave me the idea of, like, okay, what kind of direction do I want to take this story in? Um, and just that idea, because uh, I love the setting of Citrusville. Uh, and you have the, you know, it's uh, similar but different in that you have the small town and you have the, the swamp around it. Um, but the real danger always seemed to kind of come from, like, you know, there's always mysticism and magic coming from the swamp. But a lot of the horror came from the people in the town. Um, and their relationship to the swamp and all the magic around it. Um, so that was definitely uh, a good inspiration for me and kind of, you know, helped me focus on like, all right, like what are the parameters of the world that I'm trying to build? Um, that was a very good influence and in building block on me while also like, you know, just making it a little different because uh, you know, our monster is not the man thing by any stretch. Sure. <laughs> But I really enjoy the the construction uh, that kind of sets the story off. You have minimal words in just a few pages. You managed to explain really all we needed to know for the buy-in. Uh, was there a lot of revision work to get to that point? Because it could have encompassed several issues kind of on its own to just set it up. Uh, no, actually, it's actually really funny. Uh, Josh and I, um, so we, we have a funny like intro story where uh, we met in Escape Pod Comics um and he was looking for it's the time he was working on shanghai red he was looking for you know some more work and i was looking 
uh, for a you know artist for like a short horror story uh, that I had like larger ambitions for, but I wasn't quite sure exactly how to do. So the first twelve pages are actually like the original demo we did for the comic. So it was almost always kind of envisioned with that intro to Quinn um, and Amber and Tyler and just, you know, the world of uh, Children of the Woods. It was always kind of envisioned to this, like, these are our characters. These are, you know, who they are. This is their place in the world. Um, and I, I kind of always thought about doing more um, with, like, Quinn, because, like, Quinn's whole intro could be, like, you know, those first 12 pages, like you said, could be, like, a whole arc in a story uh, if we really kind of stretched it out. But I liked that you never hear Quinn speak um, in that intro and you have to judge based off of his actions and the words of the narrator who is a character in of himself. Um, I'm a big fan of not, not quite unreliable narrator, but narrator who's giving you the stuff that he wants you to know and not necessarily the whole truth. Um, like that narrator, I don't think ever truly lies, but he certainly wants you to see what he's seeing. Um, and that was a lot of fun to play with. Uh, but no, it was always meant like those 12 pages, um, were always kind of what we had in mind. Um, they went through, I think a little changes. It was a matter, um, like it, there's a, Josh and I went back and forth on how much we wanted to have Quinn do magic wise before we set up that you know finale scene with the reveal but it was always like those 12 pages where our like our base story um and i love them and that how much they just give you the reader like a sense of the world and the people in it well josh's work has this uh in this book this vertical dimensionality that that translates the woods themselves very well as well as the other without giving too much away more than people in the story. Yes. <laughs> it's very tactile. Um, how did that collaboration work? Did you come up with kind of the panel construction or did you just say, here you go, have at it? <laughs> uh, a little bit of both. Uh, there are certain uh, scenes and panels that like, I probably have like a strong vision for. Uh, but for the most part, um, I asked Josh if he felt comfortable drawing lots of trees. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> um, and I, for the most part, um, I let him do what he felt comfortable and what he thought would look good visually. Uh, so a lot of times like uh, five panel scenes became seven panel scenes. Cause he's just like, you know, I want to put a reaction here that wasn't originally in like the original script. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Go ahead and do that. Um, so he had a lot of freedom to uh, design pages and um, you know, layouts uh, that would be to his strength. Um, and I think the book is much, much stronger because of that. How did the rest of the creative team come on board? Oh, so uh, Josh actually recommended uh, both of them. He had worked uh, both with uh, Hassan and Roman on Shanghai Red. Uh, Roman was his uh, flattener because uh, okay. Josh actually did the colors on that book. Um, and Hassan was the letterer. And, you know, when I originally when we got picked up by uh, Dark Horse, um, we were like, okay, like, we got that done. Uh, now we got to get the rest of the team on board. Uh, and I asked who we felt comfortable working with. And he immediately said, Hassan and Roman. And I'm like, all right, great. Let's go get them. <laughs> um, and thankfully both were uh, available to uh, come onto the project. Um, and they really kind of helped take us to that next level. Cause I, 
you know, like Josh and I had a, um, you know, I, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. We started back on this in 2015. Okay. Uh, we had uh, put out the first couple of demo issues uh, at local conventions and uh, New York Comic Con. Um, so the book had been black and white for like a lot of years and seeing the work that Roman um, and Hassan did both, you know, coloring um, and Hassan re-lettering the book. It was almost like seeing the pages again for the first time and almost how they're always kind of meant to be. And it just, the work that they do just really kind of just blew my mind. And it was like, it was just like, it's, it was almost like rereading the book again for the first time. That was a really special feeling to me. Well, colorists and letterers rarely get their just due. And you've definitely locked in some talented ones. Like my jaw rarely drops. That splash page where Hassan did the, the letter bubble wrap around oh the Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, you had the same reaction as I, because I was like, where are you going away? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I almost looked up and I'm just like, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> because like, it was just so perfect and creepy and just really wild to see. I, I, you know, I've read a lot of comics. I've, for, I somehow have never seen anyone do that effect of, yep. of a wraparound with like the word bubble. And I'm just like, wow, it just encompassed everything we were looking for from the narrator character in that particular scene of just like um, having almost like a, like a mocking tone, but also being like really kind of creepy about it. It's creepy. Yeah. And it just nailed every facet of it um, in a way that I don't think Josh and I ever really kind of envisioned because an original demo. So it was just floating text box to indicate that it was a undisclosed voice and having the word tale really lead like lead off page was really neat and really cool. Um, and just blew my mind when I saw that page. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So is this your, your first outing with a major publisher then? Yes, actually. This is actually my first. Um, I have self-published a couple of books. Uh, this is actually my first uh, published, published work. Um, and I couldn't be more thrilled that uh, Dark Horse wanted us um, and, you know, uh, is going to be putting out the book. I've been a huge fan of them for a number of years. Um, and they were kind of always the first publisher Josh and I had in mind when we were like, uh, think about, you know, okay, who do we want to send this out to? Uh, so to land with them has really kind of just been a dream come true. Uh, they have such a great uh, background with horror books um, and, you know, create our own stuff. Uh, it's just been really special to work with them and uh, put out my first comic um, with a publisher as a um, high up or Nora does Dark Horse. Oh, for sure. How did you end up working with them exactly? Oh, for sure. So Josh, um, Josh actually was doing a variant cover uh, for Dead Dog Spite, uh, Tyler Boss's book. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Tyler actually, uh, fun fact, did the graphic design or the logo design uh, for our title. Um, so Josh was doing a variant cover for Dead Dogs Bites. Um, and our editor, um, our now editor uh, at the time, Brett, uh, came over to Josh's New York Comic Con table. Josh had the first three demo issues we had put out. Uh, he picked him up off the table. And a couple of weeks after the show, he messaged us, uh, stated he was interested in the book. 
uh, we had some like really good back and forth uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, things kind of got delayed because of COVID, um, as uh, unfortunately a lot of things did. Yeah. And then by um, September uh, 2022, we're back on path, um, and you know we wound up closing the deal a little later that fall. Okay. Well, I really prefer trade paperbacks myself. That's the format of this book. You can really get to the meat of the story in one setting without mm-hmm. needing to wait on the monthly issue formatting. Yeah. Um, it was originally intended as single issues, though, right? We had, so. yeah, we had written it as as single issues. Um, which while Brett and Dark Horse kind of felt it could do really well as a graphic novel, um, and you know, I tend to agree. Um, as much as we wrote it for singles, um, it is a story that is has an arc and a flow to it that I thought would have worked really well on a graphic novel. Like, I don't think you, like, I don't think if people knew that we did singles that I don't think it would have come off as like, Oh, this was a single issue comic. I think if we were just, you know, I think like as a graphic novel, I don't think anyone uh, could see it, would see it otherwise as like, you know, like it's a very much like a tight, complete story. Um, so I was super open to doing it as a graphic novel. Um, like I, I love single issues. I love the weight and the suspense, but like who doesn't love getting a full complete story all at once. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I thought our story really kind of strongly lent itself to both. Um, we certainly had like, you know, chapter cliffhangers and stuff like that, but at the same time, like our story was tight and constructed, I think well enough that like it flows very well from chapter to chapter without feeling like we're stalling in a certain place. Like the story, I try to make it as arcing as much as I could in certain spots. Um, so yeah, I was all I was all about it. like yeah, let's do graphic novel. Let's go for it. So, but you had a different title to begin with. What we what did, we change? did. We were we were the Blackwoods, um, and Dark Horse actually they already published a book called Blackwood. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so and. It was a little strange in that a um, no, it's a very like reasonable request, and I totally like agree with it. But like, it was almost trying to rename your child. Like, oh, yeah. you've, you've known it. Uh, you know, we had known it so long as the Black Woods that like, you know, like all right, like what do we, you know, what do we call it now? Um, so Josh and I um, had like a brainstorming session, and um, I think he actually he had Children of the Woods, uh, which fit both like a th- you know thematically with the story uh with both quinn and amber um and some of the other characters as well you know really kind of descending from the terror of the woods that thematically the title made sense um and i don't think we really kind of lost anything from switching titles so are there future plans to visit the black woods again after this uh, there are some ideas around, but, uh, you know, it's going to depend on, you know, reader reception. If you guys, you know, if readers want a sequel, um, you know, like we could certainly like be open to it. Like there are, you know, Josh and I have talked about ideas in the past about like, okay, if we want to revisit this, you know, how would we want to do it? Uh, who would we want to come back? Um, so it's not out of the question by any means, but, you know, I think, you know, reader reception and response, um, is going to probably like drive that. Um, so if you guys want a sequel, let us know. <laughs> Buy the book. <laughs> not too, but, um, no, but like, you know, like I, it's a setting and stuff. It's a world that I really loved spending time in, um, and would, you know, certainly love to revisit, but, you know, possibly down the line. So your other project, Tales of Happenstance, features werewolves, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's safe to say horror-themed comics are a comfort zone for you. So what else are you interested in writing down the road, or do you want to kind of stay in this pocket? 
Um, no, I do want to like, I, I have a strong love of superheroes. I have a strong love of, um, romance comics actually. Um, sadly, I don't think the, at least the traditional comics market, um, is there just yet as far as that genre. Web comics. Um, that's, uh, for what? Web comics. That's where the. No, absolutely. I was going to say, I was like, if we're going to, if I was going to do that, I have to do it as like a webtoon almost. I yeah. feel like. Yep. Uh, cause that's where that market is. And I think it's great. Like, I think this is such a great time if you're a fan of comics, cause I think there is a spot for every genre that you can go to, but like, if I want to do like a romance idea, that's gotta be almost like a webtoon. Um, I'm kicking around two ideas. One's more of a, like a sci-fi, um, like type setting. Uh, and one's more of like, a another like horror type book, but definitely different from children of the woods. Um, so I don't have like any like real fears like of doing horror again, you know, like uh, I think some people get, you know, afraid of being genre typecast. Um, but I feel like as long as you make it different enough, like, you know, I don't think anyone's going to think otherwise. I think that's more of like a writer fear that people have than a thing that I think actually kind of exists in the medium. So if you could write a story for any comic character out there, who would it be and why? Oh man, don't tell. <laughs> don't ask me that. Oh, it's so hard. Um, I'm a big, big X fan. Um, so I probably would love to do a X Men Juggernaut story. Okay. Um, I'm a big. At every interview, I feel weird. You know, every interview would somehow divulges into my love of the Juggernaut. Um, Marco. <laughs> He's good. He's uh, he's a character who's a um, you know his strength defined his character, and now I think his character defines his strength. Uh, I've liked a lot of the modern stuff that's been done with him. A reform for him was the right move, and it's been handled by like a lot of very handled well by a lot of very talented writers. Uh, so I think he him and his dynamic to the X Men I think is always kind of fun to explore because he was the villain. Uh, I almost kind of feel like he views the X Men a lot more romantically than the X Men do. Because he has the view of them as the heroes. Um, sure. That's always kind of ever known them. He's never been around for a lot of like the drama associated with them. So I think that's kind of, it's kind of neat that I feel like he kind of reviews the X-Men ro more romantically like than the X-Men do. So you have an imminent release. I always like to do a mental health check with my people. Um, you're avoiding one of those big major mental health baubles by not trying to crowdfund it so how are you how are josh the creative team how's everybody feeling about the book coming out uh we're really excited um everything's done for it it's been done for a couple of months now i want to say since uh since june um i think we're all just super pumped uh roman got his comp copies already got his comps before i did well he was he was uh sending me uh i'm sure they're on their way but um no he's sending me pics and i'm just like these are both amazing and also you're killing me right now because <laughs> i want to have it in hand and look at it um but no i think we're all just very excited um it's great to get out and talk to people about the book finally uh and be able to promote it uh, we did a thing at New York Comic Con where Josh and I had a uh, mini, like a mini signing on Saturday, where we had like an exclusive art print uh, that we were able to sign a bunch of copies for for fans, um, and that was really cool and exciting. Uh, so it's been great to generate press. Uh, we're getting a lot of great feedback from other creators in the industry who have uh, gotten like an advanced look at the book. Um, so it's just been great. Like I, I think we all feel really comfortable about uh, our standing and going into the release date um, in a couple of weeks. Well, is there anything else you want to cover that we haven't covered today? Uh, whatchamacallit? Um, not too much. Um, I mean, 
it's been great to talk about the book and uh, just, you know, get hopefully, you know, get more buzz um, and like, you know, uh, notoriety out for it. Um, so it's excited. I feel like it was a little hard to generate, like, you know, in the earlier kind of months because as a sure. graphic, as a graphic novel, your, your solicit date is um, up earlier than like a, like a single issue. Um, so it's hard to generate buzz when you can't exactly, you know, talk about it so far away. Uh, but now I think we're getting closer. Um, you know, it's it's a lot easier to to share things and, you know, not have to worry about accidentally spoiling stuff, you know, months before the release date. Uh, so it's almost been a learning process for me as well, because um, I feel like I knew a lot more about the single issue markets and how to promote a single issue for comics than I did a graphic novel. Um, so the entire process has been both like really wonderful and kind of like a learning experience. Are you enjoying doing the the interviews? All the oh yes, stuff? I am. I am. I like to think I <laughs> like to talk and you know can, can talk and promote well. Um, so I I love this aspect, and I also love like um, you know going on sites like I'm you know comics comic book yeti is a really great site and uh, thank you. <laughs> uh both like for news and reviews and stuff so it's been really cool to like you know like talk to you guys and talk to like some other podcasts that i like i really admire um who cover comics uh so it's just been the entire experience has just both been like wonderful and just kind of like a dream come true to like you know put put myself out there and put the book out there and you know and hopefully reach an audience that's um gonna appreciates um you know the the story and uh, all the work we put into it well joe i want to thank you for joining me today to chat about your new dark horse comics graphic novel children of the woods uh, make sure to look for it at the end of the month on shelves and online and on behalf of all of us at comic book yeti um we really appreciate you joining us today uh this is byron o'neill and joe do you want to say goodbye yeah please uh thank <laughs> you guys for watching and uh hope you all enjoy the book all right take care everybody all right, bye. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. If you enjoyed today's interview, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know everyone is enjoying the format and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now